Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Avengers Infinity War, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. Did you write that? No, I did not write that. It's great. Yeah, I know. Is that from IMDb? Yeah. That's, that's I presume the best. that's from Marvel, in fact. Oh, okay. That's the best IMDb summary I've ever seen. Yeah, IMDb just gets the summaries from the studios, so oh. that's a Marvel summary, I would say. Why do the studios write yeah. such bad summaries for their movies, then? It's weird sometimes. You just, like, wonder at the marketing. Blitz of Devastation and Ruin is terrific. Mm. Plus it puts... It's, it's exactly what... I mean, yeah, that sort of Shakespearean feeling is what they're going for now. Um, plus sorry. it puts the, the theme of the movie right there in the... Mm. in the. That's great. It is. So um, we're going to do a quick spoiler-free section first. Obviously, everyone is very sensitive to spoilers on this movie, so and probably won't be listening, but we'll do a quick spoiler-free, should you watch this movie, I mean, you're going to, um, review up front, and then we will get into spoilers. We'll let you know when that's happening, but yeah, we are going to talk about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, usually we say should people watch this movie like some, with something like Infinity War, does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. It's not the it's not the point. No. Um like people are going to see this movie. Mm. I just watched Thunder scare a bunch of birds out of a tree. <laughs> that's funny. Mm. Um sorry. No, that's all right. Um We've got some some atmosphere to talk about the. Um, we sure do. Thanos is coming. Thanos is reign of ruin and destruction. Um, I, I actually, um, his blitz of destruction and ruin tends to start with a um, a light wind. So uh, <laughs> light but ominous wind. Yeah, so that, I think no, that's true. And then then the sky goes dark, and yeah. then we hear rumbling. <laughs> um, so if we don't finish this episode, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of a spoiler-free um, rundown of the movie, it was. Better than I think a lot of people thought it would be. Ba- balances all the n- the large number of characters quite well. Yes. Um, it um, it has some really good performances from some of the the actors that I didn't necessarily see coming. I thought Zoe Saldana and Tom Holland were really really good. Um, I enjoyed Mark Ruffalo a lot in this movie. I thought he was great. There are some others that I think kind of got shortchanged by the you know. That's kind of the nature of the movie and it kind of focuses on some characters I don't care as much about. But um, it does a really good job of making a very long action movie that's almost all action scenes feel um, like it's got that kind of momentum, gives it breaks, you know, mm. it, it gives us things to, lots of things to care about and we can follow everything that's going on. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think they did a really good job. I mm. loved the interweaving the- music themes as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The way they weave in all of the different character themes and then the Avengers theme is so much fun. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely – I think it exceeded my expectations in some ways, but I had one theory going into this movie and it was pretty much confirmed, I think, by the movie or at least, like, it's going very similarly to what I thought it would go, how I thought it would go, and I feel like a lot of the emotional impact was lost on me. Yeah. Um, Without giving anyway any spoilers. Yeah. It wasn't as emotional on me as I th- hoped it would be. Yeah. Um, really, it's very hard for me to talk about. Um, the, I, I enjoyed this movie like 90% of the way. Like like you said, they balanced all the characters well. There's lots of really good moments. There's lots of that great Marvel humour. 
The meetups between characters that haven't met each other before are really fun mm. and well handled. But I, yeah, my my sort of I do have a problem with it that I don't want, want to get into until yeah. we really get into spoilers. But what I will say is that it kind of it's it's very much Marvel moving towards a comic book way of thinking. This is not a self-contained movie. We've mm. had three prior movies that were very much self-contained stories you if you were a new fan you could just come in watch it and really enjoy yourself this is one for people who even though it does do quite a good job of explaining you know things like what the infinity stones are and where they were in the last the last time we saw them it is very much a movie for the fans and it's very mm. much it has a job to do of moving the universe along and also preparing us for the next where the universe is going to go next so yeah, that's, that's what i'll say that is my problem but um i don't want to talk until until we get to spoilers it is still a lot of fun and the two and a half hours goes by very quickly um, and, and you still – but you character, you still get to see your faves do what they do best. Yeah, it doesn't um, tie up anything. It definitely feels like the first part of a movie, like right. not a full movie. And that's the other thing that I would say is when this was first marketed, it was supposed to be part one, Infinity War part one and then there was going to be Infinity War part two next year. I think they should have stuck with that. Mm. It does do a really good job, though, of tying together movie, like tying together franchises that have very different feels. Yes. And keeping a lot of that feeling with those characters without compromising a kind of central aesthetic. Mm, it's a hard job. It is a hard job. They did a hard Merging job really those well. Aesthetics. Like you've got to merge the Guardians of the Galaxy with Black Panther with Thor. Right. So, to, um, among other this things. This is not really spoilery, but if you want to. If you're if you are happy with our non-spoilery spoilery review before you go see the movie, then you can turn off now. But um, I the problems that I had with Civil War were very filmmaking centric, and I don't have a lot of filmmaking centric problems with Infinity War. Mm. Um, and it's the same filmmakers. So like to, for me, Joe and Anthony Russo have kind of um, redeemed themselves from the mess that was Civil War. Mm. I thought Civil War had a lot of problems in terms of those filmmaking techniques. Um, whereas Infinity War does all these this really hard job of like pulling everything together and making it all make sense and does a great job with that. Yeah. It even makes me care about things that I may not have cared about otherwise. So and and the acting the acting game really has stepped up and things like that. So like mm. yeah, it's it's um it's definitely for me a redemption from Civil War. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to absolutely definitely going to start talking spoilers. So if you have hung on this long, please turn us off now if that's something that you're sensitive to um, and come back when you've watched the movie. Right. So before I went so I went to see Infinity War, my main theory was they're going to kill off a bunch of characters who definitely can't die but not Captain America. Mm. And then in the second one, they're going to use time travel to fix that but Captain America and maybe some other characters from the old guard would die. Yeah. That I, was my theory. That that I this movie has absolutely borne that out. Mm. Uh, I think based on the first post credit sequence where we see um, Captain Marvel's symbol. There's what, only one post credit sequence. Oh right. The, yeah. the the sorry. It's like the it's sort of like pre credits. It's like after the movie's ended. But anyway, um, based on the post credit sequence where we see Captain Marvel's symbol, I believe what they will do is go back to the 90s mm. when Captain Marvel is set, which we already know. And then basically we'll have uh, what I'm hoping is going to be an awesome introduction to her in her standalone movie, which comes out in March next year. And then we're going to go into the second part of Infinity War, whatever Avengers 4 is called now. Um, it's not called Infinity War Part 2, but it, 
it is because this movie really, really is the first half of one long movie, yeah. um, especially the way they do the ending in it. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to go back to the 90s. So there's some stuff is going to have to be relived, which means to my Captain Marvel loving mind, well, maybe that means we can retcon Carol into some stuff. <laughs> um, but we're going to have to go back through it all, through it all and um, basically there, there'll be a way of saving them, but we're going to have to go back all that way to do it. I don't know that that's the case. Um, my theory revolves more around the time stone because... Yeah, well, it's clearly Stranger's got a plan. Right, that's exactly. Because um, they're at the ending, Stra- Dr. Strange is behaving very strangely. Um, he gives up that stone with very little fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says two very enigmatic lines to Tony. He does. He says, we're in the end game now, mm-hmm. which indicates to me that everything up till that point mm. had not been the end game, even though it was already the finale of this movie. Yeah. Um, he had already said that he had seen all of the potential futures and only yep. one of them was where they where they um, won. Yes. Clearly, he's setting off the events that will lead to the one where they win. Yes. And the other thing he says is it was the only way. Mm. There's one chance of them winning. This was clearly the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what he was waiting for specifically in that fight, but he also, he doesn't try and stop Peter Quill from like freaking out on Thanos. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't really try and stop Thanos, Mm. even though he's the only one who has any real effect, him and Mantis Mm. um, on Thanos. So I think, um, yeah, he's definitely got a plan. Yes, uh, I would agree. Um, And... I just was going to say something and I, it's completely gone out of my head. Um, yes. And the um, – I think – oh, no. I did, the, so, yeah, the thing that annoys me about this film, though, or that annoyed me, and I I feel like I don't want to review it until I've seen the second half mm. because, like, you see all these characters, like, crumble at the end when Thanos does his finger snap. But – and the first one that crumbles – I've been calling it flake out. With the first one that crumbles is Bucky and that is a shock and you're like, whoa, they're going to kill Bucky. But then they all die and then you're like, none of these deaths have stakes. Like there's so many characters that die, you're just like, okay, so clearly not all of these characters are going to be, to die. Like not only are they not going to die, there are like confirmed solo movies coming for some of them. But obviously this movie was marketed around who's going to die, but the big deaths are going to come in the second half, i.e. Avengers 4. Mm. And – like, it's not it's not that it's wrong. It's not that this is the wrong way to run things because this is the way comics work. But I do I, I do have some issues with movies that are kind of like half a movie. Mm. But then years later I've been known to go back and feel differently about them. Like Lord of the Rings would be an example. They all came out a year apart from one another. Together they are a magnificent film. And, like, I can't deny that. But when they were coming out bit by bit, was annoying because you still had to wait another year to see what happened next. Um, see, I, and that never annoyed me. But also, the Lord of the Rings books are very much written that way, right? And the and also they, there's books and stuff to kind yeah. of, um, and the, this is, uh, yeah, this is not something Marvel's done before. Like Marvel hasn't done the split a movie into two parts before until when they announced in Avengers: Infinity War was going to be split into two parts, and then they reneged on that and said it's going to be Infinity War and something else. But but as far as I can tell from just watching this one. This is absolutely the first part of a two-parter. Yes. I think that that might be more around semantics than anything else, though, because I think in the next one it may not be 
an Infinity War and therefore they... Yeah. Look, I they just feel like it's I, they did a bit of a bait and switch on me. Yeah. And that's just... It's just like something that's annoying. The I think the other thing is that because it is part one of a two-part movie, basically, the ending is quite a downer. Like, you, you know not all these characters are going to die. You know someone's going to die because they've been like... They, that's how they marketed the movie, right? Mm. But... They're not. This is not going to be permanent. So it's like the downer of all these people disappearing, and some of them have really good deaths. Peter Parker has an amazing death. Tom Holland knocked it out of the park. Sh- oh like that. my god! Like it's just crushing. It's so good. Yeah. And he, um, I already liked Tom Holland. <laughs> I, I think he's very talented mm. um, in a whole bunch of different ways. I, I really look forward to seeing where he goes with his career from now. Yeah. But that was amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. And he, he did a really good – so you really you do really finish on a bit of a downer mm. um, just watching all these people crumble and watching their friends crumble and, and they are horrified because they don't know what's going on. Um, even though in the audience we're like, no, it's okay. There's definitely a Spider-Man 2 and it's coming after Infinity War, Avengers 4. Um, and so you kind of end on a bit of a downer. There's no like win at the end for you, even though there are there are wins and there are great moments throughout the film. That ending isn't a win. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. It can end on a downer. My problem was right from the start, nothing felt real for me mm, mm. because I already had that theory. Like that, I, I yeah. had a big cosmic reset button lurking around in the back of my mind for the whole so right from the start with loki and heimdall and then when gamora died and all that stuff yeah well so yeah when they killed heimdall i was like yeah okay i can see them doing this for stakes Mm. and they killed loki and i was like "Uh uh-huh yeah sure loki's been dead before and then like gamora as well like i'm like i'm pretty sure there's a third guardians movie gonna happen but also the way it happened um i don't think was quite it just didn't feel and and so the whole and i'm I'm with you the whole way through i just Mm. was like "Mm, this could be undone yeah. All, through all of it. Yeah, exactly. E- including, um, like, even though I reckon of all of them to die, Heimdall and Loki are the most likely to stick. But um, And that will feel bad for me because I'll be like, well, oh, I, I missed never... the moment. Yeah. yeah. And that will be sad. But but it happens so quickly and you're, like, literally just thrown in and then they're killed off without much fan. Like, they each get a bit of a hero moment before they get killed. But there's, like, it, well, it is very quick. Um, If we can go into a full breakdown of that scene... Loki's death in that is a total full circle moment. So yeah. he, before he dies, he um, says, we have a Hulk, which is what Iron Man said to him in mm. Avengers. Um, he says he's the son of Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, pledges allegiance. Like he, he saves Thor. He has yep. completely com- – he has completed his arc. Yes, that's why I'm that. saying it might stick. Right. So if he is dead for good – even though it happened really quickly, for me at least it's a pretty worthy death right. for Loki. And, and for what Tom Hiddleston did with the character and everything, at least it was he got a lot to right. do. And this is why I'm saying I think it might stick because it was actually a good death. And Heimdall's was good too. He got to die saving everybody by sending Hulk back to Earth. Mm. Um, I do. The other thing about that scene is that we know that um, Valkyrie Korg and Mick were all on that ship, right? But we also know, because I, I've just rewatched Thor again because I just watched the director's commentary like two nights ago, we also know that the Commodore, the ship that they escape um, in, is was sitting on top of the Asgardian ship, like yes. it's shown in the last scene of Thor Ragnarok. So I'm wondering and assuming that at very least Valkyrie has escaped from the ship and gone somewhere. 
But because his, otherwise, like, you're not going to give Valkyrie an off-screen death. Here's the issue with this. I thought he'd killed all, Thanos had killed all the Asgardians. He didn't. He killed half of them. Mm. The rest of them, I assume, he took on his ship. Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering if he would just left them behind to die. But that so no, but he wouldn't sh- because that's so. Not, okay, I didn't see that from no. From, you can't see it. Yeah, it's in dialogue of like with the person who's saying it, not even on screen. Right. So I didn't catch it the first time, and there's a lot of bits I didn't catch. I've seen it twice now, and there's a I lot re- of things I, I didn't I catch. Gone the back. First time. I really need to watch it again. Yeah. Okay. So the, he actually only killed half the Asgardians. So it's entirely possible that Valkyrie and Korg um, are just on Thanos' ship somewhere yeah. or something I, like I mean, that. I mean, Korg and Mick. And not so important, but Valkyrie is too important yeah. not to be given an on-screen death. Yeah. And oh, you mean like Sif? Anyway, <laughs> she, I, she wasn't even given an off-screen death. No, Sif's not around. She's just not where is there anymore. Um, but like she would have. Uh, Hashtag they, where is Sif? Even when they gave the Warriors three those terribly cursory deaths, um, which in his um director's commentary, Taika Waititi, he actually is like. You know, this is how we show that it's we're not in Kansas anymore. We kill off the Warriors three, just like two of the Warriors three, just like that. And um, I sort of like, yeah, I know, I kind of get why you had to do it. I just think that it was a little, little unfair on these characters that we've gotten to know. Wildly but unfair. Also, I did not like that. Yeah, and also like Lady Sif is just just didn't isn't in the movie, like just not there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think even. Like, Valkyrie deserves at least that. So mm. she's yeah, she hasn't been killed. So okay, now that I've heard that. That is something different, and I might need to go back and watch it again. Yeah, there's a lot of bits like that that I didn't catch the first yeah. time. Like I was confused about a lot of things um, the first time I watched it, and you have to listen to all of the dialogue to pick up on a lot of things. Mm. There's another whole storyline to this that I missed, which is that I didn't realize that those gray minions of Thanos's are Thanos's children, like Gamora and Nebula. Yeah. Um. So, so I did know that, but only because of like knowing stuff about the comics. Right. And they do say it repeatedly in the movie, but I thought it was like a cult thing. Right. Like they were his followers or his staff. Exactly. Yeah. And and to me, it seemed very much like a cult thing because of the British guy, mm. who, by the way, I don't remember that actor's name, but I think he's great. I want to. Yes. I, I don't know what the character name was. Otherwise, I really want to know. Yeah, the only act- one I know is Proxima Midnight. Proxima yeah. Midnight. And she doesn't even, they don't even say it in the movie. I just saw it outside the movie and went, that's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that actor it's is like either. like Kratos or something. But that guy absolutely caught my attention. He just seems great. really interesting. Um, I reckon he might be Tom Vaughn Lawler playing a character I called think he Ebony is. Moore. Yeah. And he's Irish. Yeah, right. But yeah, if was, you look at the picture of him, yeah, because the other, the other big, the other um, he, um, minion guy was the black man, yeah, Michael something something, right? And he okay. something Mike. I want to say Michael J. White, and it's not Michael J. White, yeah. Um, so that's why I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, and uh, I think it is him, but um, there, that's him, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he again. <laughs> we just said this in the last podcast we recorded. He gives me a Doug Jones vibe mm, he does. in that part. Um, very and, very specific movements. Yeah, and but but very the, a lot of pathos with all that that prosthetic and makeup on. Yeah, like a lot of and there was good a, voice. Oh, such good voice, which <laughs> is something that was a, a thing to me in this movie because obviously Tom Hiddleston's voice is the greatest voice in the <laughs> history of voices. And one thing that Marvel does that is an annoyance to me, even though I do actually quite like the character and I like the way he was in this, is it denies us Benedict Cumberbatch's voice, which is probably the second greatest voice in the history of voices, right? He it denies feel- us Benedict Cumberbatch's voice because it makes him make strange American. And um, and I was like, 
there's this American. There's a scene where um, Strange is sort of like thinking out the big picture and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, he's kind of the new Loki. He's not in that we know the Strange is a good guy, and he's not. Um, and when he does things that are bad, it's you can usually see there's a reason for it. Um, but I was like, he's the new Loki, and I was like, I wish they'd let him be British. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd let us have to keep that voice. And so when I heard this guy, and he also has an amazing voice, I was like, oh, God, yes. I have a thing for voices, obviously. I also, I also thought Josh Brolin had a great voice in this. Even yeah, he did. I have very strong opinions on Thanos. Um, but, yeah, I, and Benedict Cumberbatch I'll come back to. But I, um, the Children of Thanos thing kind of blew my mind mm. because – I was like, but then we should be having a lot more sympathy for them. Right. And they shouldn't be minions just to be killed off because these are these were children who were stolen, whose parents were killed and who were stolen from mm. their homes and, 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 and like, then abused like Gamora like and Nebula. And Gamora and, and probably also and not just like uh, Gamora, uh, Nebula has also like been like rebuilt out of mm. junk and plastic and like well, that horrifying ha- torture. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, that didn't happen to the others. Now, that's that's a thing where Gamora and Nebula were um, rebellious and so he made them fight each other yeah, and yeah. then whoever wa- whoever lost would get re- have a part replaced. Like, we've yeah. heard this before. But yeah, yeah. It's, but, but, like... It, it doesn't this, mean that the others weren't also abused. Through that same process. That, and, and he's just stealing children when he takes over planets. It's horrifying. Mm. And then they're sort of forced to do his bidding. So, yeah, I, I did feel like that, especially as we, our attention was definitely drawn to that guy, um, mm. Ebony Lowe. Ebony Moore? Ebony Moore. Yeah, that's right. Moore spelt M-A-W like an animal's mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially as your attention is drawn to him. And he is quite fascinating. Like you can tell in the movie that there's more to this guy. He was great and, yeah, really knocked that performance out of the park, I thought, and he was really interesting and cool and mm. evil and scary. Um, and But, the, yeah, if I had known, because I didn't find out until after I saw the second time, uh, and if I had known, uh, like, Proxima Midnight, um, Scarlet Witch just smushes her in a big mm. wheel thing. Yeah. Like, she, they get no kind of... And, and big not, send-offs or anything. And, and she's they played by Carrie Coon. It's yeah. not like this is a minor actor. Yeah, I, yeah. It was weird that they, the way that they treated those characters. If they are like they're they're brainwashed abuse victims, mm. kidnapped children. That's horrible. Um, and then we get around to what I've seen be the most controversial storyline in this movie, which is Thanos loving Gamora. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is like. So I had an argument with a friend of mine after seeing it the last time where I was like, well, it kind of legitimizes it because there's an objectivity to the concept that he loves her mm. if the soul stone gives it to him, itself to him. And then my friend was like, no, that's crazy. It, it only matters that Thanos thinks he's giving something up. So there doesn't have to be any objectivity to the idea that he loves Gamora. Oh, so, yeah. so I've, I've talked about this with my husband. His theory is that there will be some objectivity to it because Thanos only thinks he loves her. He doesn't really. Mm. Um, whereas I I think that doesn't really matter. It's what – like with love is such a subjective thing that if Thanos thinks he loves her, he may well love her even if, as is clearly obvious, his love is abusive and horrific. Right. So there's like – there's a two sides to the argument which some people are saying, oh, it legitimizes the idea that abusers love – the people that they've abused 
they and do. In a lot, of, there's a lot of cases where that is true. Yes. Well, yeah, but this isn't like a. This is also like he he kidnapped her. Like more like a. Um, it's not like he's her biological. Yeah, father. it's not he like did, he, yeah, exactly. he did kidnap her in the first. Yeah. It's not like they had a pre-existing relationship before he kidnapped her and killed her parents. No, he just thought she so, was a bit feisty, and so he kidnapped her. Exactly. Um, so I think that there's a lot of stuff going on with it um having heard all of that stuff i don't know um i don't i mean i don't know but the the thing that gets me is josh brolin on the press tour talking about how deeply thanos loves and all this sort of stuff and i know he had to get into the head of the character but that's pretty problematic and def and kind of confirms the concept that there's object objectivity to it mm. so <laughs> I don't know. I'm bringing it up because it's a major part of this movie. Mm. I also think Zoe Saldana was so freaking good yes, in she this was. movie. She when was. she thinks she's killed Thanos, she just was un unbelievably good. Mm. So, yeah, like people were like, oh, Gamora got treated really badly by this movie. I was like, I mean, she kind of did in the script, but Zoe Saldana was so great. Like she mm. comes off as one of the best characters in the film. Yeah, yeah. Because she did such a good job. Um, yeah, she really got her moments yeah. in this movie and Gamora's not necessarily been treated well in the Guardians films so I think it was really well earned see I think she was great in the last in two her she was yeah. relationship with Nebula was really good I, I really liked that so yeah no that's true she did have that it's the first one where she's not treated yeah great, and, and it really kind of yeah it, it's a really good moment for her to have individually mm. as opposed to um, part of the team yeah, I mean, she's treated an awful lot better than Star-Lord is in this movie. He comes out of it looking very bad. So there's that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think she was really good. Um, mm. There were things that you were saying before that I wanted to come back oh, to. Oh, about I, Benedict Cumberbatch and, yeah. I, so I didn't like Doctor Strange much in this movie. I think partly because he's going up against Tony, and I know people are quite mixed on Tony, but him going up against Doctor Strange to me, actually confirmed a lot of the things that I like about Tony, which is that he tends to come from a place of, like, he he's kind of an arrogant dick, but he comes from a place of really wanting to help people all the time and really mm. being, like, a person who cares a lot. Yeah, um, whereas Strange is an arrogant dick in the, dare I say it, Sherlock mold, mm. where he will withhold information um, deliberately and mess with people. Yeah. Um, which is why the Loki thing came up later on. And so that is why they do clash because they're very similar in a lot of ways, but in the ways that they're different is where there is – it's quite a bit of difference. That said, I, I don't know why. I just quite like him. He's very magnetic and I I always like – I always find myself liking the, you know, twisted weirdo with a plan kind of guys. So I, I quite liked him and – I'm um, even growing on Cumberbatch in the role of it. Just let him be British. You let Scarlet Witch change her accent. <laughs> Why not let Strange change his? Very jarring that was. Um, but yeah, it was so. I did. My husband and I did a rewatch of these film of the previous films before we watched this one. And the the and when you watch like Age of Ultron and then Civil War really close to one another, which you do, you watch, there's like one movie in between them. You like the accent drop is really jarring. Mm. Well, but it wasn't gone in Civil War, was it? Yeah, it just it, it's there in Ultron. It's almost pretty much gone in Civil War, and then it's completely completely gone, gone by this one. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, it's not that I don't value the place Stephen Strange has in the movie. 
It's just that I don't like him as a person. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Um, that's fine. And it, apparently I do. Yeah, which is fine, I think, as well. I think he's a big picture kind of thinker. Mm-hmm. He's more concerned with, like, cosmic. Yeah, the needs of the many as opposed to the needs yeah, of the few. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and I, I always find that appealing, so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it just comes down to personal preference, really. And I like mm. Tony better because he is... I, he's just a person who cares a lot, and he's so hot-headed. I love that. I yeah. love that about him. He just, um, he very Gryffindor. He just jumps in, which also made me really because interested he in really that cares about people. Interest. Um, that scene where he's trying to stop Star Lord, when he's usually the guy who's going off. Yeah, and he's like, no, you need to, because he can I, recognize this, that. Yeah, this is a younger, even more punk ass me, which is of course funny then, because of course you also get Star Lord with ba- a teenage Groot, who's like a younger punk ass version of him. Yeah, that was um, – and when I was talking earlier about the balancing of the different styles of the movies, they really tied in the Guardian style nicely to this. Oh, my because God. Because they still get to be funny, silly, erratic um, and all that sort of stuff with du- heavier beats. Yeah, like some of my favourite bits were the Guardian's bits and they did get um, – the bit where they meet Thor is a delight. Both that and the scene where they come across Peter and – um and that Tony Tony and Peter Iron Tony Man, and Spider Man and and Doctor Strange. Strange yeah um were both great scenes mm. um but Mantis like owned me in this movie she's so cute and funny especially the second time I watched because I just didn't pay attention to anything but what she was doing yeah in any scenes that she was in and she's so cute and funny just in the background of things like when yeah. they when um Star Lord says we got to put our mean faces on as like a you know and she does it and she does this little girl but then she's still doing it in the next shot behind him like blurry in the background with nobody focusing on her she's still kind of trying to make mean faces when mm. she's bouncing around in the zero gravity. Mantis oh, um, is such a good addition to the Guardians. I love oh, her. Such a good addition. I love her and Pom Komentiev is just adorable. Um, mm. I I yeah Mantis made me really happy in this. Yeah. Um she kind of she and Drax kind of in space played the role that Bruce plays on Earth mm. of like being funny. Yeah. Um cuz they need Bruce on Earth cuz Earth is a bit heavy. Um, yeah, yeah. So And he he does quite a good job of that and he's back as Bruce as well where it, like well he's basically just spent all of Ragnarok as Hulk. It's mm. kind of nice to have him back as Bruce and they put him in the Hulkbuster armor which yeah. is adorable. Yeah. And he Mark Ruffalo is just so good at it's so soft and squishy. He's <laughs> like, just yeah, Fluffalo is absolutely yeah. the right name for him. I just he's um that first action scene in New York is done really well. Mm. Um and he's yeah, he's so cute. I love him. Mm. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. So he was one of the standouts for me. Yeah. I he he's like uh he's so good. I'm I'm so glad they finally found their Hulk. Like they just found the yeah. right guy and it, it's been perfect ever since. Yeah. The other um hilarious uh, Guardians bit is when um, Rocket meets Bucky, which every fan everywhere was assuming and hoping would happen, what mm. with the fake arm and everything. Mm. Absolutely worth it. And Rocket and Thor as well. Rocket and Thor go really well together. Like Thor just lands on this ship and he's like, you seem like the captain. Yes, but at the same time I'm shocked that Rocket never corrected him on constantly calling him Rabbit. Well, so I, I've also had discussions with this about this with people. So – Rocket gets really upset about raccoons, um, but he doesn't really know. He's he. It seems so inconsequential to him because Thor has come in and recognized him as important and listens to listens to him. But he doesn't like people getting his name wrong. 
it just doesn't seem I feel like he would at least try to correct Thor at one point yeah and then if Thor kept calling him rabbit he would just be like oh well because he doesn't know what a rabbit is right yeah that's it he doesn't know what a rabbit is but he knows that a raccoon is an insult or he takes raccoon as an insult oh, and rodent too, and which, rodent, is weird. which obviously um, um, he yeah. knows what rodent is, but not rabbit. Um, yeah, so he just kind of like, what? who's this silly fella? But I think there's also that mutual respect where yeah. Thor is like, oh, you're the captain, and then Thor can speak Groot, which yeah, um, but rockets. So like, why does he keep calling him rabbit? There's an inconsistency with what space people know <laughs> and like what they do and stuff and i i did find that frustrating because just rocket seems like the guy who would correct him mm. and he doesn't even try it not once it's weird it's like my thing with why doesn't anybody at least try to cut off thanos's hand but I anyway <laughs> oh my gosh that whole bit on um titan where tony and peter are like pulling the glove off i'm like Cut off his arm. Well, at least then, but they know he's pretty um, in, hard to destroy, but nobody even tries it. Like, yeah. I mean, surely between the three of them, they can come with some kind of laser cutter to at least try and chop off his hand. Yeah. No, that was annoying to me too. I was like, why wouldn't you try that first? Yeah. Like, try cutting off his hand. That doesn't work. Start pulling the glove off. Yeah. Like, unless there was a little scene that got oh, cut Oh, no, but the if time. they hurt him, he would have probably broken out of the mantis. Um, oh, okay. But earlier, but nobody they, tries. But nobody they should tries. have explained that. Like, yeah, in any time they come up against him, they never just try and chop off his hand. No. Um, and you know Tony's got weapons on the suit that can do that. Yeah, and that's the same thing with Rocket. Uh, with Rocket, he never tries to correct Thor. Mm. But also there's a point where Rocket says, um, all of you morons, and then Thor says, goodbye morons for a funny m- note. Mm. But why doesn't he know what morons are? Yeah, you'd think he'd spent enough time on Earth and enough time around Loki, who and definitely uses that word. And how come Rocket does know what they are? Like, why Why does one of those people know that word, no, but word, not the yeah. other? It, that's a weird... Like, they, they do a lot of these things for comedy beats where I think about it later and I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense why yeah. they would know these things and not these other mm. things. That said, the comedy was much needed. This, is, mm. this movie does end on a downer. It really needs those guys. Yeah. Um, and even, even they, like... Uh, Rocket and Thor and Peter Dinklage get in, often a fairly serious storyline. Like they they need as much comedy as they can bring. Okay, on the plus side, I thought making Peter Dinklage a giant dwarf was a fantastic idea. Yes, I love yes. it. Why do they let him use his Game of Thrones accent? It's oh one of the worst accents in the world. Let Cumberbatch be British. Let Dinklage be American, and we'll all be happy. At least Cumberbatch is American is possible. Clo- yeah, closer. like it, it's it's vaguely past. It's getting better as well. It's it's vaguely like Hugh Laurie and House kind of mm. accent. Dinklage's English accent is fucking terrible. Oh and, God! And he's, it's the thing is, it's been he's been trying to do it through however many scenes of Game of Thrones there are, and surrounded it's, by British people. And it's it's not good. We know this, and. But also there's absolutely no consequence to him talking in his natural speaking voice. No. He is it's space. A, he's on a weird dwarf planet. We see no other dwarves. No, there's no one else from his he's the last surviving member of his race of um hammer makers. Which is cause Thanos killed all the rest of them, which goes completely against Thanos' entire ideology. He should have left half of them alive. That's yeah. his ideology. Well, I mean, like, it could have been that he left half of them alive and then they all died because he turned out that, like, there's no energy on the planet and they all just no, died of starvation. No, he said he killed the rest of them and then he left me alive but took my hands because he said my hands what? belonged to yeah. him. Look, honestly, Thanos' motivation is pretty weak in, and it's really – it's not 
like always clear what he's doing. I strongly disagree with that. I think it's made very clear repeatedly exactly what he wants. But it's it's but he doesn't stick to his own ideology. Right. It's, it's, and it's, that is a failure as a character because the character is very much about his ideology. Right. That's what I mean. Like he's just like you you see him flip flop and and you see it, it come out in different ways in different places and it just kind of like it, it feels all over the place. That's another thing when I was noticing him attacking all these places where you're like, well, how do you know you've killed half? Mm. Like I see him bringing out half and killing them, but I'm like, but you killed a bunch by accident coming in. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you've already killed a bunch of them. This is now not half. Right. You are wrong. Um, but yeah, he kills all the dwarves, which is like, yeah, it, doesn't make that sense. doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, but the same token, if the dwarves are American, nobody would care. Nobody cares. Yeah. No. And um, the, the stuff there, it just goes a little too long, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Thor's heroic self-sacrifice is just a little too pointless. Also, right. what are his clothes made of? Yeah, I know. They <laughs> survive all that. <laughs> he should be naked. We um, would all appreciate yeah. it. Just let well, him I mean, be naked. Like, it just has to be there because, like, obviously Thor, Steve, and Tony are the original ones who've had their – they've had their run. They've had their three movies. Mm. They're the ones who have to be put in mortal peril, right? And so I guess that's why they need to well, do Steve it. Steve never is. I mean, Steve is no, he has he's a, very sidelined in this. Um, yeah, But I is. assume that's – see, to me, I, lots of people had a problem with that. I, and I'm still seeing this very much as like one of a two-parter where mm. in the next one he will get so much right, to do yeah. and he will be the one who sacrifices I, himself yeah. to save everyone. So I don't think uh, – yeah, stories about who got screen time and who didn't are particularly – I don't think that's a useful conversation to have at this point. There's a whole nother movie coming. Except for Winston Duke as Embarco. Oh, who yeah. Was... <laughs> we, we were talking about that. More yeah. screen time than Black Widow. Yeah. Well, I think more I – th- I mean, I'm not sure if it was more no, screen time. No, but it's a lot. More screen time screen than time. Loki. Yeah. He got a lot of screen – and he got a lot of FaceTime. Um, more than a lot of and, prominent characters. And we know he's a fan favourite, but this was all shot long before Black Panther came out. I actually wondered if maybe some of it wasn't. Oh, and they like um, added – or they had extra footage and they added it back in after Black Panther. Yeah, I think that's a possibility or maybe like they just kind of shot some bits with – because there's only really a couple of bits where he's in the major action and then mm. there's some stuff where he's kind of like a little less in the major action. Mm. So I wondered if that's maybe they just – certainly possible. Thrown some extra – a little extra – because he's been on the whole mm. um, press tour and everything. Yeah, People yeah, yeah. clearly love him. Yeah. And they, it's not like they got Daniel Kaluuya back. No. And he's an Oscar nominee, so. They did not. People love Mbako. Yeah. I, I also was reminded of Buffy a lot in this movie because um, there's this episode with the glove of Minigun that's like a special glove and Buffy chops off her hand mm. <laughs> to stop her from getting all this magical power. It's um, the character's called Gwendolyn Post, but she's um, Kristen Scott Thomas's sister, the actress. Oh, right. Anyway. I, I mean, it's been a while since I watched Buffy, but perhaps I have that in my mind. But it also just makes sense. Of course, you cut off their hand. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. And then the last shot where every where everybody's around Vision. Yeah. And they all kind of collapse and they're looking down and everything. Uh. It was. It's so much like the last shot of Buffy season five in the gift. You should look at them side by side because it was really yeah, surprising yeah. to me how similar they were. And I just thought that when I was looking at it, I was like, wow, this reminds me so much of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's <laughs> been a while. I mean, I, obviously, I know what happened to the gift, but I'll have to go back and um, look at it. Yeah. So, yeah, that just made me laugh. But, um, I, yeah, I want to go to – because we've done all – I've Which, covered all the by space the way, stuff. I want to talk about the Earth stuff. Yes. I've, I've been organizing my thoughts by the three Planet. strands of yeah. the thing. So, um, yeah, Wonder and Vision are so dull to me. 
they're just like damp, dewy eyed. No chemistry either. They're like, which is hilarious because they're dating, right? They're supposed to be dating. They're not dating in real life. Yes, they are. Or they were. Paul Bettany's married to Jennifer Connolly, who does the voice of Spider Man's suit. I. Maybe I might I might be mixing him up with somebody else. She's dating I, somebody that would a lot be a older. Big, she might be, but that would be a big shock if, if Paul Bettany and Jennifer Connelly had split up. I did not know that. I feel like no, I would yeah, have heard right. that. No, yeah, you're right. I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Oh, thank God. Um, she, no, Genuinely, she, I was worried. They're a really she sweet Tom couple. They've got children. Yes, she did date Tom Hiddleston. That's why but I got mixed like, up. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm like, you're you know breaking I'm, up these people. They have kids. You know how bad I am at this. I, I know, I know. I don't and, think Tom Hiddleston's that much older than her. I think she's like 30 and Tom Hiddleston's like our age. I don't think she is. Um, It's not like a massive age gap. She's the younger sister of the Olsen twins. Who were, I would say, older than us. But it's not like Paul Bettany is like oh, late she is. 40s. I'm so bad at this. Paul Bettany is like in his late 40s. I'm very um, bad at that, these things. Like a, a 30, tw- late 20s, 30-something dating someone in their late 40s would be a little strange. But not like, yeah, uh, yeah. I just like, not like a. Tw- I she apologize. was probably like 28 and he was probably 34 when they dated. That's not. I don't think that's that no. weird. And I, I just got mixed up which co-star. She no, no. She, she was dating, yeah. And um, he's older and British. And I didn't know Paul yeah. Bettany was married to Jennifer Connelly. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, that's why it's adorable that she does the voice of Spider-Man's suit in Homecoming. Because, like, you know, she's married to Jarvis, who does the voice of Tony's suit. I think that's cute. She also played um, um, Betty Ross once. Yes, yeah, she did in the Eric Banner. Yeah. Banner. <laughs> Movie <laughs> in the Eric Banner. The Hulk movie, the ugly yes. one. Yeah. Yeah, she did. So Sorry about that. You, I, oh, I thank am God. very bad. They haven't at... broken up. All right, no. but they have terrible chemistry. Oh, yeah. And the, the age gap thing is when he doesn't have his makeup on, the age gap thing is really obvious. It is, and that's but he's part so... of I love Paul Bettany. I, can... I, love, I love Paul Bettany too. I, I like Lizzie Olsen as well. I think they're both really good actors, but together they're just like a charisma vortex. When they, but it's the chemistry between them. It's not the two of them and separately. And it's the characters being wet yeah. blankets. I don't that think too. it's just. I mean, I don't think it's just the actors or the chemistry. Because how can you have chemistry when there's no? Yeah. There's, there's no. I, there's no connection in the script. Yeah. There's oh, no I mean, reason for like, them to like each other. I know other. Ultron had to kill off somebody, but I do wonder if they made a mistake in killing off Quicksilver so quickly, because um, she certainly like she's a bit of a wet blanket where she doesn't have her twin to bounce off. And we know that they're good together because they've yeah. been in a bunch of stuff together. Yeah, um, and they were good together. And he and um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is so great. I'm very yeah. sad that he d- he had to die off and not get, didn't get to stay in Avengers. And he had to be in the worst Avengers movie as well. Like it, it just like it would be nice anyway. The, I, like they had to kill somebody, and and I, I see why they made it just him. killed Hawkeye. Hawkeye. It's not like we still need him. Um, no, he's not in this movie. But uh, no, but I feel ninety nine percent certain he's going to be in the next one. I've seen photos. Yeah. I think so too. But also, I think it's um, I like that there are. <laughs> I know it's silly, and it's only because so, they couldn't be in the movie. But I like that there are people who just aren't doing this anymore after Civil War because right. at least it gives it stakes. Yeah, well, they're like Clinton Scott took it because they have families. Mm. And I also love that the, the one thing this movie actually does quite well is actually like explain stuff to you if it has been like you haven't seen the movies in a couple of years. Um, yeah, and, and they're like, who? And someone's like, Ant Man and, and Hawkeye, and like, <laughs> there's an Ant Man and a Spider Man. Yeah, it's fun. Like, but that it actually it, like, it, and it always it always explains like each Infinity Stone, like it explains where you saw it last and where it is now, kind of thing, or, or how we got to it. Also, I know the point of Peter is that he's not famous, but it made me sad when it said on TV that Tony Stark was missing. By the way, I'm <laughs> positive that the TV reporter was um, somebody famous from TV. 
an, I mean, actor, an actress possibly. that I recognized. Well, she um, went by really fast, but I think she was on. I, yeah, I missed it. Mm. I'm looking it up, but yeah, I, I missed it at the time. So. I don't know if she's in the credit. In the, yeah, yeah, um, she may be uncredited. She's because I, I, we don't even hear her. She's on the screen. That she they did see look the, familiar, yeah, though. I did the second her time, her. I was like, oh, I know her. Yeah, and it was so quick. Definitely looked familiar. But it, yeah, it made me sad when it said Tony Stark is missing. I was like, poor Aunt May. She doesn't know where Peter no. is. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. I was worried about that as well because, like, and that's why Peter's has so many stakes because he's just jumped off a school bus, and Aunt May who has lost her husband and her brother and her sister-in-law and all these people in her life has a nephew who she's responsible for and, like, now he's just disappeared mm. and all this shit's going down and she knows that he's Spider-Man. Yeah, she probably does. No, yeah. she does because it's at the end of Homecoming. I know, but we don't know if he's going to tell her that it's a suit or, right. like, a costume or whatever. Right. We don't but know what no, the that, consequences that, that of that true. were. But, and we presume she knows because yeah. of the way um, Homecoming ends and, like, yeah, I felt for her as well. Yeah, made me sad. And we would also like Tony would be worried about it because Tony knows and Tony tries to send him back. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But, you know, Peter Parker's all about responsibility. So, yeah, the Earth stuff was for me a little bit, a little bit flat just because Wonder and Vision to me are very flat. They've yeah. given nothing to, do, nothing to do except moon over each other and not want Vision to die. Oh, well, and for Wanda <laughs> to not want Vision to die and yeah. for Vision to be like, I'll die. No, I'll die. It's fine. No, really, I'll <laughs> die. I'm happy to die. Like, he was really suicidal in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> just like, no, it's cool. I don't care. It yeah. was funny. It was just, he seemed to, like, only be saved under duress mm. um, so that they could give Shuri something to do. It was weird. Um, it was funny to me. It was just weird. It was. I mean, weird. I'm very glad they did bring Shuri back because obviously, and um, Shuri and Mbaku and um, Denai Guerrero's character Akoya, like they, I'm very glad we had a lot of Wakandans in this. Yes, because uh, I mean, uh, I presumably, Mar- like Marvel knew that they and were, Io. Yes, mm-hmm. and Marvel knew that they were good. They were the breakout stars of the movie, but they didn't know. Like they were editing this together before Black Panther really happened. Mm. Um, and I'm very glad we got them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm glad that that and and the the finale taking place in Wakanda after Black Panther was mm. a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're Absolutely. very connected to Wakanda now, and right? And we're really very clever... invested in the idea of like what it means to open up their country. Mm. I, lo- I loved Okoye's line about I thought you meant the Olympics when you said you <laughs> or were at open... Starbucks. Yeah, or at Starbucks. Were upset about because of the recent thing that happened at Starbucks, but anyway. But yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there was a funny line. They, it got a big they laugh. Definitely did, and they could not have known um, when they made that. No, of course not. There was also she the face that she makes when um, Hulkbuster <laughs> Bruce trips over his own feet is yes. really funny. She's just a treasure, yes. and a treat, and like she just lifts everything. Yeah, she to does. have Okoye in the movie just lifted everything to me. Oh yeah, she's um, so and Mbaku. I mean. Uh, yeah i mean he's lovely <laughs> but they're both just treasures like yeah. it's just oh she's great and the the, the 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 amount she can do with a look yeah is... and it's really funny because denai guerrera is scared of everything i've been re- she... watching all of the infinity walk press stuff because i don't have to worry about spoilers and they don't give any away but no um, they, they're, they're pretty good yeah but she did this fear box thing where they had to put their hands with chadwick boseman where they had to oh put their yeah hands that in looks the... horrifying she, she didn't do it once. Yeah, good on it. Not once. It was really funny. I think that's a terrible thing. Like, who knows what you're going to get? That's horrifying. Surely they know, like, I mean, it's they not agree gonna... to do it. And it's probably not going to be anything that kills can kill you. Or no, they don't. it isn't. But, yeah. But, but, but I've also discovered just how scared Hollywood women are of lizards. 
Like they freak out over the lizard ones. I'm well, like, that that would worry me though because it's scaly, and I'm Australian, so I have a very healthy fear of reptiles. It wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I, um, I would not. Well, but you have to touch it. Yeah. No, a lizards kind of freak me out too. So I would, okay. I'm team Hollywood women. But it's and it's, like it's Danae Gurira specifically for a all theater actress. She's like a New Yorker and. Yeah. Sorry, I can't I get that. But she plays like the two characters she's most known for. Yeah, yeah. Are Michonne like, from The Walking Dead. Utterly fearless. Yeah. So it's just funny it's, to me. It's like how we talk about um oh who is it? Octavia Spencer playing mums all the time and she's like really yeah. not maternal at all. Um but also she's Janine Guerrero is like a really buff, healthy lady. Like she just is really strong. Yeah. It's just funny to watch her freak out over having to put her hand in a box yeah. with like a like a, a, a <laughs> you know, stuffed teddy bear in it or, or like grapes in it or something. It's yeah, just yeah. funny. Um, it's, it entertains me that she's she's very like sweet and bubbly and scared of everything and yeah. <laughs> not like these characters, which shows that she's doing a really good job. Yeah, she's um, good. I've been really enjoying watching the press tour stuff. Yeah. Um, everybody's been really good. I haven't watched it. Except for Josh Brolin. Uh, yeah, I haven't really watched a lot. Like I've seen a couple of GIFs and stuff. But I just, I just don't have time. But also, unlike you, I am particularly sensitive about spoilers. So I there's just don't none. want. I, I know, no, but I just don't want. I don't know. All, nowadays, like, there's just so much information out there about movies, and they're always giving you new. Especially in the last couple of months, there's always like new clips and new things. Mm. So I, I'm like, I'm. The less I know about a movie, the happier I am. Like, well, I don't want to know anything. And so, and if I don't have to watch a trailer, like if I'm not made to sit through it at the movies, I probably won't. Yeah, that Jurassic World trailer is bizarrely spoilery. It's not like they need people to. No, people are going to watch that. Yeah, but um, but I mean, so I've just like gone on Avengers blackout for like two months, right? Like, just not watching anything. It's blocked off on all my social media and all that kind of thing. I probably will now go and watch it now that I don't have to worry about that. Um, but. Yeah, I, I really should. Avengers press tours are always fun and they send them off in like little groups of three as well. Okay, so a couple things. Firstly, I've only been watching these since Wednesday when we saw the movie. Right, right, right. So like um, I just, you know, you get into YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I, was, I understand. I was actually re-watching the Tom Holland um, lip sync battle. Well, like, I mean, naturally. Okay, the greatest video on the internet. Yes. Um, and then they came up on the side and they were they played all these cute games. Jimmy Kimmel got them to draw their own characters oh, and they've no. been playing like which Chris is like did these things and stuff like that. It's just oh, I like watching those. I didn't you didn't get to talk about my favorite Chris off when um when uh, Star Lord like when Thor comes on board and Star Lord like lowers his voice and puts on an accent and it's a different accent every time. It's uh, hilarious. Yeah, Chris Pratt, I think Star Lord is dreadful in this movie, but Chris Pratt was good. I mean, he's yeah, he's such a good comedian. Like he, that is what he does. But he had to do a bit of heavier stuff in this, and he did mm. it pretty well. Um, and and then um, Thor and Captain America have a moment on Earth as well. Mm. Yeah, I think the next one's going to be much more cap heavy. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. It has to be about. It, it has to be about winding up, and uh, it's hard because I'm like, this is my theory, but it has to be about winding up. Cap and Tony's stories, really, mm. um, like and moving them out of the universe and making room for the younger ones. I have to say, well, this, not, not younger, newer. People are really going gunning for Tony to die, along with Cap. I think I will be sad if Cap dies. He is one of my favorites. I love him. I love Chris Evans. His movies <sighs> are my favorites. I'd rather Cap die than Tony because Tony has a lot of. Cap just doesn't have a lot of like people in his life, no. or a lot of. He's still 
somewhat that guy who's stuck in the 40. Or right. Not- and, and Cap and, he, and all of his friends except Bucky have died, basically, because they all got old. And, like, if Cap and Bucky... And Natasha. Yeah. But Cap and Bucky having, like, a heroic joint moment where they both die would be kind of nice. But, yeah. Um, Bucky, I think Bucky's going to live because I think they're going to make him Captain America. But Yeah. Well, that's right. And, and Sebastian Stan signed, like, a 70,000 movie deal. And um, he died in this one, which almost is get, like he, he guarantees not going to die next time. Um, yeah, and, but but Tony does have a lot to live for. Like he has Pepper, he has Peter, and then there's you know there's the they, then he and Pepper have that like should we have a baby conversation mm. at the start? I'm like you guys are 48. Good luck. But um, <laughs> they're they're well, yeah. She she seems to not no. Be that she seems no. They they seem like it's not something they're going to do. But they have Peter right, mm. and obviously like you know that. Peter is an important <laughs> God. The bit with Doctor Strange is like, is he your ward? And I'm like, oh my God, this what? is brilliant. Who still I, has ward? Doctor no, Strange. No, seems- the best bit about that is that is the most ambitious crossover event in history. Yeah. Like, but um, but like he has Peter to live for on Earth, and also Pepper, mm-hmm. and his, like his company. You know, mm. Whereas Cap is more of a lone wolf. That said, I'm not so much worried about who dies, how they die, when they die. The dying bit is not the important bit to me. The important bit is that it's clear that we're going to wrap up those storylines. Yeah. Um, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I was going to continue with that and I was going to say that I hope that he just stops avenging. Like I, I hope yeah. his wrap-up is that he – because this movie is also very much about him choosing not to do that. Yeah, yeah, choosing right? to, to live life – like he's been given this extra life to live um, and to choose – a life that is is not doing this all the time, and that's what Pepper wants him to do, and all that stuff. This yeah. movie also reminded me how love how much I love Pepper. God, um, she's so good, and they're so good together. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I just I think his the best way to wrap up his storyline is not to kill him. Um, mm. I know, and people yeah, really it's don't to send like him off Tony, into like so. oh, it's just to settle, send him off into comfortable middle aged mentordom. Like he's he can enjoy his money, his lovely soon to be wife, and like the respect that he has, and he can he still has he can still have a really good second act that isn't like active avenging. Wong, you're invited to my wedding. Oh, I love yeah. Wong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Top two favorite Benedicts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two Benedicts were the only Doctor Strange mo- characters in. This yeah, one yeah. Too. I know sometimes the names on this are like, well, that's Peter and that's also Peter. And <laughs> well, because I keep saying Peter. Wait, and 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 which one's Steve and which one's Stephen? I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. But no, I the don't. Peters, either, but... I keep forgetting because I call. Um, I'm much more likely to call Spider Man Peter, but yes, I'm much but more. I'm like... also more likely to call um, Star Lord Peter. Oh, see, I won't call him Peter. I'll just call him Star Lord. Oh, I tend to call him either Peter or Quill. I really don't. I have trouble remembering that he's called Star Lord. He introduces himself as Star-Lord so yeah, much yeah, that know. it kind of sticks in my head a little bit more. I know. I'm going to open up my – by the way, I have two no- sets of notes because <laughs> I saw oh, it twice. Oh, because you saw it twice, yeah. Um, and I want to see if there's anything else. No, we should probably, yeah, um, go through the notes just to but, um, cover it off. But, yeah, I, I think I covered all the major mm. things I wanted to do. Yeah, Everybody no. – um, the first time we went, we had a very interactive audience. Oh, my God. The clap when Thor arrived with yeah. his big axe. There was literal applause. We were, we were we had an opening night audience mm. full of nerds. Yeah, full of By nerds. By the time Saturday comes around, it's the people who are slightly nerdy who like the Marvel films who are, but are willing to wait until the weekend. Yeah, so there wasn't a big cheer and stuff like that. Yeah. There was a big cheer when Thor arrived and when we saw it the first time. Um, 
There was something else I've forgotten what I was like the laughter moments were very different. Oh yeah. Okay. For the two screenings, which was interesting to me. Yeah. Um the nerd laughter moments were different from the Yeah. Well, because the the nerds laugh at all the the th- moments that refer back to the other films like a lot quicker. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so here's one of my notes that I think is important. Yeah. There's a lot of hugs in this movie. <laughs> this is important to me because Marvel doesn't like to have men hugging. Mm. And whenever they did, apart from um, at the beginning, the science bros have a hug, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, but when, when they had that sucky hug, I was like, oh, they're definitely yeah, killing yeah, one Yeah, yeah, they let them. Steve and Bucky hug. It's yeah. like, finally. No, but I was like, that, that to me meant they were definitely killing one yeah because they wouldn't let them hug unless they were going to kill one of them anyway um those are just plot. i'm like there's it was a moment in the score when it went dun 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 <laughs> which made me laugh right at the beginning like it it fully kind of yeah. um had that moment um why not kill thor yep i don't know why um thanos leaves thor alive mm, no that was a weird thing to do yeah. Drax has a crush on Thor. Yes, yes, he it's does. It's like a pirate had a baby with an angel. <laughs> that was really cute. Yes, they were yeah, the, the, those funny bits where they met each other. That was great. Yeah. And also I love how in a movie where like everyone is super jacked, Thor is like the most jacked of the t- of the teams. Like he isn't though. Drax is much more jacked I than know. Thor is. I know, right? Um but I just it's really funny that that's like I cuz every time I'm like you can look at yeah. You look at um. I've just forgotten Drax's actor name. Dave Batista. Dave Batista, like huge guy, really ripped, and even like Chris Pratt always gets into good shape. And then like his neck freaks me out, right? Dave but Batista. he's huge, yeah. like wrestler huge. And, and but this is a movie full of like really good looking people with serious muscles, mm. and everyone fawns over Thor so much. Yeah. It's just hilarious. It is really funny the way that everybody's like Drax. Is yeah. going on about how good looking and how muscular Thor well, is, and, and he's massive. Yeah, and like in Ultron, for example, Maria Hill goes on about Thor's arms while she's standing next to Captain America. I like, know. come on, woman! <laughs> I've mastered the art of standing so still that you can't see me. Yes, <laughs> it's really funny to me. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a great bit. Um, I have a couple of lines that I actually wrote down the full line from. Oh yeah, because he's from some... space. He came here to steal a necklace from a wizard. <laughs> um, stuff like that. Yep. Um, yeah, see, that's just what I mean. Like, even though I was a bit disappointed by the end, it's so full of great Marvel moments. And that's even what I... A, a light, even a disappointing Marvel movie will still give you a lot of entertainment. That's what I kind of... That's one of the reasons I, I liked going back because the whole thing had been eclipsed by a my theory being right, more or less because confirmed. of the way it ends. And, like, I think this is going to be one to revisit, mm. um, especially once the sequel comes... The sequel. Avengers 4 comes out. And even now, I'd, I'd actually like to revisit it because yeah. without that sort of not knowing what's going to happen and then being disappointed by what does happen, yeah. I think once you remove that, I think it would be um, a good watch. Um, there's a moment when Thanos says no resurrections this time and I'm like, that's just for the audience. I mean, how does Thanos know about all the mm. other – like he's just saying that directly to us yes. to try and yeah. prove that Loki's really, really dead. Yeah. <laughs> Tony is a nicer douchebag than Strange is what I wrote. So <laughs> That's accurate. Yes. Well, this is like – I mean – I think that's just a me thing, like my feelings on the two characters rather than a yeah. – They both do I'm a, good a fan job. of Strange. Yeah. And people have been also – people talk a lot about how great Robert Downey Jr. is and how generous mm. he is to everybody and like so welcoming on the sets. Mm. The and, Godfather. Yeah. The house that Marvel built, that, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, the, um, the, Sorry, the rock on which we built our studio. 
And yeah. I think I kind of bring that into the movies a little bit with Tony. Mm. Um, and he was our first one and everything. So even though I know he's done a lot of things that are really <laughs> not good, mm. I still have this place in my heart for him. Yeah, fair you know he and Robert Downey Jr. is Tony, so yeah. Um. Uh, oh yeah. I that okay. So there's a couple of things with the timeline of this movie and the convenience of things that I'm not sure where it's convenient or where it's like it makes sense. Like, did did Ebony Moore follow Hulk to New York, or did they just happen to show up in New York a block away from the where the Hulk was? Like, mm. we we're given no indication well, that yeah, because. Things don't go like the sky doesn't go dark until after the Hulk arrives. And I thought that Ebony Moore came through that portal thing that got set up or in that ship. So, and I think, but I don't, I don't know. It's hard to tell because, like, obviously, um, he, he gets um, Heimdall trans, thought Hulk gets Heimdall transported. Yeah. So, is there a way of them tracking that or I did mean, they just happen to show up a block away? Yeah, it's hard to know. And there's other things like um, Drax happens to have, not Drax, Thanos happens to have Gamora with him mm. um, on Vormir when they see not Red Skull, <laughs> like oh, yeah. not Hugo Weaving Red Skull. No. Um, it's funny because I'd literally just been hearing someone talk about Hugo Weaving, about how he's got such presence. Mm. And I was like, yes, because I met Hugo Weaving once. I met him with Kate Blanchett mm. on, together. And the the one with the charisma is Hugo Weaving. He, is, I've never like met somebody who's so like dominates a room like mm. he does. Anyway, and he's big and tall and and has that big booming voice and like this guy, this guy <laughs> who has a who's little like, high pitched, not very seven different accents in a minute and like oh well yeah, but that's I mean Hugo Weaving's accent for Red Skull is was... also seven different accents in a minute. But yeah, it was just like oh well, let's see. I mean, I, I understand Hugo Weaving has like more money than God. He doesn't need to come back for this movie. No, but it was also like a bit of like. Oh. Well, especially since they went to Mount Doom to do it, you'd think they could at least get Elrond there. I know. Um, instead it was that guy who's so like he's yeah, he's it's very not the disappointing. First time, apparently. by the way, that I've told my I met Hugo Weaving and Kate Blanchett story on the podcast. No, I'm pretty sure you've I, told I, the I, Kate I, Blanchett part of it before. Yeah, anyway. Um <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I'm not complaining. I'm it's like, completely understandable. I, I I feel like I've I've shown some restraint. Wow, we're really getting into the good notes now. I like the size of things in Thanos' big hands. <laughs> wow, this is quality reviewing. Look, it just <laughs> entertained me. Like when he holds on to Gamora's tiny little yeah, yeah. He's t- baby he's Gamora's enormous. hands. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's so much torturing in this movie too. That made me really upset. I don't mm. really like torture scenes in movies. Yeah. Um, oh, and it. I found it a little disappointing that the ending came down to like big punching. Or like the big army and stuff because mm. partly because the end of Doctor Strange was so good. Um yeah. with Dormammu that like with Doctor Strange being in this one, I thought they might be able to My, yeah. and, magic and up something different. Again, I think that's a, a function of the that Doctor Strange is gonna be the end game of mm. the the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> I also made a note about Gamora's sneaky heels. Oh yes. Like she's trying to walk up the they're like basically mountain climbing and she's got these like wedge heels on. Or no, they're actually little heels. I'm like, how is she? No, no, I think they are wet. They're it- little wedges. I'm like, how is she climbing? In the- Wedge heels are dangerous the best of times and she's like climbing them out. I mean, I know they're in a studio and it's blue screen and all that. But I was just like, that is a weird pair of shoes to be wearing. I think, no, I think they're all connected because like they're sneaky, like they, they're sneaky, like they don't, 
They look like boots until you actually look at them and you can see her foot go up like heels. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a wedge. It's called a wedge heel. But it, isn't that the ones with the big chunky? Yeah, but that's what it's doing. It's your foot goes up, but the shoe has a flat bottom on it, mm. and there's a chunk. There's a wedge in between. That's oh. called a wedge. I thought that was the. But I'm so people, knowledgeable about fashion. You, it's like the shoes you wore to um, my wedding, actually, were wedge heels. Mm. But the um, Wonder Woman, when the first pictures of Wonder Woman came out, she was wearing wedge heels, and people were made to think of it. But just I find wedge heels quite difficult to to walk in. They're more definitely more comfortable than like wearing actual heels. I don't really wear heels or wedges very much at all. But they're still like not you know made for mountain climbing. Yeah. Yeah, there's all these other moments. I just noted a lot of like really weird conveniences where <laughs> it's like, oh, they just happen to – oh, like um, Idri, the, the dwarf manages to survive on this frozen planet. Everybody can breathe on whatever planet they go to. There's no mm. kind of – everybody can speak English. <laughs> and like yeah. every, they don't even question these things that are very obviously problems. Yeah. Like, wh- where's the gravity problem when they have the big fight with Thanos on Titan? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Mantis is bouncing around in the background. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't that an issue for anybody uh-huh. else? Why doesn't that factor into their fight at all? Um, you could have had a, like, I don't know, a cool anti-grav fight or something like that. Yeah, you could have. I do want to find out who the news actress, <laughs> news anchor actress was. Yeah, uh, it's not, as far as I can tell, in the credits, but the credits are so long. Finding, how did they track Vision? Why did they show up at that exact how moment? How did Steve? Why does Steve have the technology to track vision? Surely, like, and how do how do um, Bruce and Tony know that he has the technology to track vision? I don't think he does. I think he just knew where vision was. Right. The implication oh, is because yeah, because they ran away uh, in um, yeah. the one after Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. So or in Civil War. In Civil yeah, War. Yeah. yeah. So Steve just was with vision. He knew where he was. Right. Right. Yeah. Tony didn't. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, Bruce yep. calls Steve and says, Thanos is coming. Can you please go and get Vision? Yep, yep, fair enough. But I don't understand why that happened at the exact same moment as as Proxima Midnight, who I kept calling Faora when I first saw it because she's so much like the um, from the Superman, you know, the Superman, um, one of Zod's. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Um, offsiders who was in both the original, one of the original Superman movies and she was in the Man vs. Steel, Man of Steel. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking Batman That's almost Superman. a better title. Man of Steel movie. As played, <laughs> she was played by somebody famous in Man of, uh, Man of Steel. But that's who she reminded. Proxima Midnight right. reminded me of Faura. God, Proxima Midnight's such a good name. It is a good name, and she could have been used better. I thought, because um, she has these really cool moves as well. She has a uh. weird, like cat-like kind of um, movement to her, and she just doesn't get anything to do. It's not mm. like Ebony Moore, who was so interesting. You know? And she could have been. Mm. The whole theme of this movie is sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got um, – and it's not sacrificing yourself. It's sacrificing someone you love. Yes. So Star-Lord's going to shoot Gamora. Thanos kills Gamora. And Wanda kills Vision. Mm-hmm. And also we do see, although it's small, Steve lose Bucky on screen. Like when- That's not – he doesn't sacrifice him. No, but he just loses him. I, I mean, this is no, a like very – actual sacrifice. Yes. Yeah, okay, there's sorry. a very sort of clear yep. – like through line of uh, you know the, the, it's the theme all of Thanos's vision quests are about what it costs mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff yes yes um so um yeah the the theme of this movie is sacrifice and like mm. it seems to be that sacrifice is not effective no but there's a weird thing where they're like oh we don't trade lives and they try to save vision lots of Wakandans died for vision <laughs> 
Like, yeah. Lots. Lots. You know, and, like, and somebody sp- should, T'Challa should definitely cover that. Right. And this is a, this is, we saw Wakanda like not six weeks ago. We were introduced to Wakanda and we fell in love with this place and they mm. just decided to open themselves up. So in the timeline of the audience, whether or not it's the timeline of the film, but it is kind of is, it's like a minute yeah. since anyone discovered Wakanda exists existed and now they're bringing out entire armies and breaking down their really good missile defences. Well, like one the, piece of it. Yeah, like it's, you know, it, it's a big... It's a big thing. Like, it's going to be – there will be massive consequences for Wakandans. I think that's kind of wiped out wiped out by the fact that then half the world dies. D- yeah, so presumably half the Wakandans It die. was more of an issue for me that they were willing to just let lots of people whose names we don't know die yeah. in order to save Vision when – Yeah. Like, because they were like, we don't trade lives. And you're like, well and, – and like, oh, maybe you don't have to be sacrificed. I'm like, mm. well, you're happy to sacrifice all those guys for Vision. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like a logic hole. There's also – some other logic holes, like why doesn't Thanos ever think of just making more resources? Right. Or like moving half the people to other planets well, yeah, that I have mean, resources. Well, I mean, the obvious answer, of course, is because like it's a old problem. There's not there's too many people and not enough resources. The problem is just the distribution of resources. Like yeah. distribute the resources more fairly and there'll be plenty. But also he <laughs> – the concept is there's a finite amount of resources in the universe, like we but can't the universe is always expanding. Right. There's a finite amount of resources on Earth, so it makes sense on Earth. But, like, they've got all these other planets right. which are clearly habitable, so that's not really true, right. is it? Yeah, and, and even then, like, um, we know that the Avengers and humans are infinitely resourceful so they can figure out how to use things in better ways that takes less energy and time and all that. Like, I mean, yeah. as soon as he said that, my my, my thing was just like, he's like, there's not enough resources. I'm like, no, the resources aren't distributed fairly. That's the problem. Yes. But it's not, I mean, the environmentally and all that stuff, we do have finite resources yeah. of certain yeah. things. Absolutely. Like, you know, we either have to be more sustainable. But, I mean, obviously killing half the people isn't the... No. When he's like, oh, I suggested my little solution to the bosses on Titan and they thought I was a madman. And I was like, oh, you, no kidding. Because you are. You were, Like, he's literally speaking like Hitler and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean... um, the, You're like, yes, you are definitely a madman. Absolutely mad a madman. Yeah. Like, I that... And people who... Sorry, I'm slightly off topic, but in the real world, when people start worrying, like talking about overpopulation and stuff, it always gets my hackles up because the problem isn't overpopulation. It's not, it's that we don't live in a sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Like there are enough resources. We can take care of all the people. We just aren't using our resources well enough at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, just it's one of those things that bugs me. So, of course, that made me like (sighs) Thanos. Yeah. He's, well, he is, I mean, he's also like, he is toxic masculinity. 101, you know, yes. Embodied. He just thinks he's right, doesn't listen to anybody else. Yeah. Like, he's clearly not right. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch thinks of other solutions. his daughters are his possessions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those things that, that you know. And and it ma- the movie makes it very clear that he is not right. Mm. Like, yes. very yes. clear that he is wrong and he is in the wrong for these things. So, um. Well, yeah, and I mean that's a part. I mean that's the message of Black Panther as well is that this country that has isolated itself from the rest of the world has is very smart and has some incredible resources, and that they should be should be sharing those more mm. broadly. Um, they shouldn't be just hanging onto themselves. That's the whole. That's T'Challa's whole um, character arc. Yeah, in that film. 
Um, I was amazed by the um, the um, way the movie fell over itself to make sure that women were fighting women. Mm. That was interesting, actually. Yeah, that like, yeah, because we, we had that scene where Okoye and um, Black Widow mm. and um, Red Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Like Red Sparrow. <laughs> this is a problem for me now, clearly. Um, yeah. Um, we're fighting against Proxima Midnight. Mm. Like they, they had to have the girls fighting. Yeah. Um, which was, I don't, I just don't, I feel like it's so unnecessary. Right. Especially as all of those women have shown themselves to be capable in other films of fighting against men and women and or both. Mm. Like it's not. This it's just like a weird oh let's put all the girls together. But they do the same thing with Wanda and Proxima Midnight earlier. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's always her against and the other guy is always trying to kill yeah. Vision. It, it's a weird, it's Weirdly. a strange trope of action movies because it's unnecessarily we know, gendered. Yes, because we know the men are outnumbering the women in a huge way here. Yeah, so there's no reason to try and like group off the women into one. Little no, group. right. It makes much more sense to have them spread out yeah. and have mixed groups fighting each other. Right. I don't know whether it's trying to show empowerment or what it is, but it's it just annoys me whenever I see it. Like it mm. stands out a lot. Yeah. Um. There were a couple of other things that were. Oh yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I don't. Didn't really like Steve's. Um. Wakanda shields for him. No. I know they didn't weird. make one. I feel felt like they should ha- should have had one in storage or yeah something that was more Steve. It just it didn't go with him. Um, in fact, I couldn't even remember what they were after the first time I saw it. Because I was mm. like, oh, he had a shield in that fight, didn't he? But yeah, like, but it was like, it was Wakandan and it was like a pointy shield. Yeah. It, does, it just isn't him. And also mm. he learns how to use them very fast considering they're wildly different from what he's used to using. I mean, yeah. Um, I noted a couple of shots I liked, like when Steve and T'Challa run past everybody. Yes. Because they're faster than everybody. Yeah, it just made great. me happy. And my very last note, which is how did they sort out all of the... Um, billing. Yeah. Uh, yes. I have had that note since I saw a poster some some months back. It There's about 40, I think, mm. name actors, all of whom are like na- – like this is – it's the craziest credit list I've ever seen. Like you scroll the first 40 or so people and you've heard of all of them. Mm. Like the, um, the fellow I mentioned before that we – Talk, we, and then I, I do actually do love that we're like, there's so many actors in this thing mm-hmm. and we're calling out Tom Vaughn Waller. Yeah. Like, here's the first person on the – he's maybe the second person on the list whose name I don't recognise, uh, like, once you get through them. But there's so many name actors mm-hmm. in this thing, so many. And then you get people like, like I said, the Carrie Coon, who mm-hmm. is this tiny, tiny part. And then and someone like um, Peter Dinklage, who is, you know, a fairly big name as well, who's also in the list of – billing and yeah but it's interesting to just watch the build names go oh, past and what like order Idris Elba is so high up on that uh-huh. Idris list. got good lawyers friend yeah and he's he gets one line Idris gonna get maybe. paid <laughs> um and then the we- the really weird thing where it goes right at the end with Chris Pratt well no but the with and the, so there's in billing it with somebody is always a big one because it's often it's at the end with and and at the yeah. end of credits that's often a big name star yes or like if it's a, a chart in newcomer or whatever you'll do like introducing yes. um so he's big enough to get the and chris pratt but why is he out of all of them the one who's big enough to get the and chris pratt at the end that's what i like because i remember that from way back again with buffy i've because got a lot of buffy on my the, mind he's the star of guardians which is the like and this is an avengers movie not a guardians movie and so i think he's got that one because he's the biggest 
biggest star out of Guardians. But this is but Guardians are now just part of the Avengers, like Iron Man and I, n- yes and no, like. I, I don't know. That would be to me. But honestly, I just assume lots of lawyers fought this out over a long period yeah. of time. But I just find it strange that he's like the end at the end. Like you'd think that would be like, I don't know, Benedict Cumberbatch or something. Mm, yeah. But I, I would say Benedict Cumberbatch. He's also Cumberbatch technically is, not an Avenger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's a, well, a new one and he's got his own franchise, you mm. know, and he's as big a name as Chris Pratt. Mm. It just seems odd that he's single. But th- that's the whole thing. The whole thing seems odd because you're like, mm. how did this person get billing above that other person who was in the movie for longer? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, is Idris Elba really more famous than some of these other people? No. No, he just has, yeah, I want to. He's better lawyers. <laughs> this was fun to me to think about how they sorted all of that out. I've been thinking about this for ages because that, that list of, uh, yeah, there was a poster and it, it um or the original posters included more people like Hawkeye was still, like um, Jeremy Renner was still on it as well. Are you, I a, don't remember. An early, po- an early poster, not oh, okay. a, um, not recent ones. But like there, I just, yeah, I remember seeing the, the bottom of the poster. I think I retweeted it, but it was some months ago, so I can't just find it easily. It's just insane. There's also a shot of the Hulk running in one of the trailers behind um, mm. – yeah, Steve and those guys in Wakanda. So um, they obviously made a change there. Yeah, they changed what you know. That was that's nah. a pretty major change, I would say. God bless him. The Hollywood Reporter um, has done a whole article about how the Avengers: Infinity War builds its cast. <gasps> so we should link it. We I want to read it. We will link that in the show notes, and I will text it to you right now so that you can read it. Yay! Thank you. Um, later, was, but I yeah. I just googled it, and then that was that was the first thing that came. And then, you know, the Hollywood Reporter will have the good gossip because that's the kind of thing they care about. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. It's just mm. I just was having fun with that. Sort oh of idea. no, not just you. Like, pe- yeah, people have been talking about that for a, a while. Like, yeah. how do you even? Because there's some people like Gwyneth Paltrow are like big names. Yeah, um, I really got into it with somebody on the internet recently because I was like, they were like, how come Wonder and Vision and and Gamora and Quill are together in the last movies? They were nowhere near together. I was like, oh yeah, God. they were. They definitely were. Like yeah. in the last times we saw them, they were. At least hinting towards a relationship, if not actively together, in, in like in some oh, sort yeah, of romantic yeah, yeah, tryst. Like I don't, that wasn't that was super obvious. Like, well, Wonder and Vision are living together in Civil War. Yeah, they are actually oh, well, living she was together. Like, oh no, he kidnaps her and twice no, and all that. They're sort of stuff. living together. Yeah, and um, Peter and Gamora are in a relationship in, in Guardians too. Yeah, like they're yeah. I know. I I was like, no, this definitely didn't come out of nowhere. And she's like, Wanda never had any f- feelings for Vision. It's really obvious that like, she doesn't care I'm about the, him that I'm way. I'm the first one to get annoyed at a romantic pairing. And you know, you know, I mean, anyone can go back and listen to the Ultron episode where I get real mad about um, Hulk and Natasha. But they 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 were both clearly established. Like mm. I, like we said, I'm not a, you know, the Paul Bettany, Lizzie Olsen chemistry isn't great, but it's well established relationship. Yeah, that's why I was, I was like, they were definitely hinting well at those established. guys. So she was like, it came out of nowhere. I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. we read it differently. But Wonder and Vision, I think. That, I mean, I think they're together in the comics, and mm. but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was it, talking that's... to Jamie about it, and he's like, no, I love that because it means that they're going to have um, Wiccan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, yes, I get that, but like, I mean, that maybe, like, I mean, maybe. I think Wiccan. we're going to see those guys. With all the time travel stuff, I think we're going to see those guys pretty soon. Okay. Young Avengers and stuff like that. Um, well, I mean, yeah, they've got to do something new. They've, they, uh, after Infinity War, the only, there's only two confirmed movies, one of which is um, 
the next Spider Man, and one of which is the third Guardian. So there is clearly. And there's no way they're not doing another Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Um, and so that they've, they have to set up the next phase of the universe, but this. Not this really does feel like an ending. Like I know it's ten years and stuff as well. Like there's very much the sense of um, come Avengers four that will be the at the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. So Young Avengers wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah. Ultimately, I think I I, I was re- when I was rewatching it, I was watching that scene where he uses the reality stone on nowhere. Mm. Um and Gamora k- thinks she's killed him and it's so emotional for her mm. and then everything just shows that it's not real oh. and I was like this is indicative of the movie as a whole for me because if I don't know what's real how do I know what the stakes are this is the problem I have with the movie as well is you just don't know which stakes are real and which aren't you don't know which deaths are going to be undone you don't um know which moments might be undone or redone yeah and just for me, because of the way I work, it makes it all not emotional. Like, yeah, I, uh, I appreciated. I, I felt something when Peter died because he did such a good job, mm. but it was still a kind of a detached thing where I was like, I mean, it was almost humorous to me watching them all flake out. Yeah, it was. Other than Bucky and Peter, like Bucky because it was the first one and it gave me a little shock. Mm. Other than, and um, the post credits with um, Maria Hill and. Nick Fury is quite emotionally done. Like those two actors give it quite a bit of emotion, particularly um, Samuel L. Jackson. They give it quite a bit of well, emotion. He he just wants to get his um, famous line in there. Indeed. Oh, mother. F- yeah. I mean, he does, but there is, there is. I think, <laughs> I, to me it feels like there's genuine emotion that's right. in that that's scene. That's why it cracked. Kobe Smulders give, really gives it yeah, a go. Yeah, she's great. But that's why I remember now why it cracked me up because it was like plot dependent. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, Bucky went like this and, and like Drax and Mantis like Mantis goes so quickly and you know yeah. Sam vanishes really quickly just before um Rhodey comes through and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but then like Peter goes so slowly, like so yeah. slow like slower yep. than anybody, mm-hmm. you know, so that he can like <laughs> embrace Iron Man and cry on his shoulder right. and but then apologize. Slow- but that slow death also sets up the slow deaths that Maria Hill and particularly Fury have. Right. Because then Fury vanishes. Real slow. <laughs> Not just really slowly, but like his hand that's holding the plot device goes last. Yeah. <laughs> like that's convenient. Um, mm-hmm. So like it's like the flake out, you know, magic read the script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't kill this guy too Yeah, quickly. no, he, he, needs to pre- he needs to press his 90s Carol pager. Well, I thought, uh, yeah, um, I was like, well, maybe he just wants to play a video game, you know, his old yeah. Captain Marvel video game before he dies, like Teen Groot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I did think that Groot being the handle for the um the axe was cool. I'm yeah, like, that was cool. Um, um, oh, Groot's only real big moment in the movie until he like mm. dies and makes Rocket sad. Yeah, and Rocket being sad did affect me, too, but it's still like it's I was still like, like oh, it's you sad know, for it's going to be but, undone. And also, like, I don't know if they're going to remember this. So mm. even that's like, well, it's not that sad. It's if sad they don't for even them remember. right now, except that we know that the time stone's going to come into play here, and we're going to. Have to yeah. go back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, uh, Danai Guerrero looked so shocked and upset when, when T'Challa went. T'Challa went. But you're like, I mean, yeah. And, it. and because she's an excellent actress and she's yeah. like, well, you know, I've failed as a, as a King's guard kind of thing. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I failed to protect him from cosmic magic. That, yeah. But, like... you, but, but you know that Akoya is like that. Yes. I, yeah. I know. But um, it just, it, I don't know. It just kind of makes me, I, yeah, it makes me laugh more than it makes me sad. 
Yeah. So that's probably not what they're going for. And I certainly felt very detached from it all. I was yeah. like, eh, oh well. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. Yeah. 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 And the problem is then you're robbed of all the emotional moments if anything does eventually. Yeah. And you're just going to need to I, – I mean, I think we're just going to need to rewatch this before – immediately before. Like, I assume the cinemas will do this, but, like, if you, you know, you do a – nine o'clock screening of this one and then a midnight screening of the new one yeah mm. i mean it's just, just gonna have to yep all right well yeah i guess feels weird rating it but do you want to rate infinity war yeah sure okay so on like the movie that i got to watch um probably a three and a half but i am absolutely willing to be proved wrong and come back on that there certainly was a lot to enjoy in the movie like I could even probably see my way to bumping that up to a four, but on the movie that I saw, that's what I'm doing. See, for me, after the first viewing, I would have gone three because I was like, just the ending kind of. Yeah, I, I'm, this is, I'm still me. suffering from that disappointment. Right. So I'm going to go three and a half, like go up to three and a half because yeah. all the stuff before it, they really did do a good job and they did a good job of balancing things and those scores. All mixing yeah. in with each other made three, me really happy. Right, three and a half for me recognizes that even a mediocre Marvel movie is still a good is still like ninety percent more fun than you know, more fun than ninety percent of movies out there. Um, so yeah, yeah. So uh, we both went three and a half. Cool. Yeah, it's funny. Thank you very much for listening to this epic episode of the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on the website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.